Today is Monday, October 23rd, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. President Biden indicates he's talking to Israel about delaying the invasion, but then his team gives a different response when asked about it. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating. You can email us quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. We'd love to hear from you. We appreciate you being here as we're getting through the news of the crate together. Why go at it alone? Joining me today is Billy Hallowell on this Monday morning, bright and early. Well, dark and early. Sun's still not out yet, but here we are, Billy. Happy Monday. How's it going? Happy Monday. And soon it's going to get even darker when the time changes. So here we are. I know. uh, It's it's fun. I'm a fan of the proposed doing away with the time change thing. I'd be interested to hear how everyone else feels. I might be alone on this, but I'd say we don't change it. I'm kind yeah, of I'm with you. I'm tired of changing it. It's yeah. too chaotic. I, I can't handle it. It's too chaotic. And like it makes it, it just seems like, yeah, the days are getting shorter or whatever. And then you make it worse when you change it. It's like, oh, now it's dark at like four. And it's and terrible. It's dark at like for dinner time again. So yes. you basically have two minutes of light. It's, yeah. it's too much. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'd be interested to hear how everyone else feels, but I'm, I'm on board. I'm on board with that train, but we have a lot to get to on the pod today. So let's get right to it. On the focus today, Billy, some shocking stats on where Americans stand on this Israel-Hamas conflict. Yeah, these, these statistics actually provide a really interesting backdrop. Pretty shocking. Big differences, just as a hint, between Democrats and Republicans. So we'll get into all that. Yeah, and also a concerning trend on social media where a lot of Gen Zers mostly, are they're defaming the institution of marriage and glamorizing the single lifestyle as an alternative. Madison's got the details on that. Obviously, as Christians, you know, marriage is something we're uh, on board with. And so to hear that is certainly concerning. We'll get to that and more on the podcast today. But first, we're going to get through the news in 90 seconds. U.S. President Joe Biden says he did not hear a question from a reporter who had asked him if Israel should delay a potential ground invasion of Gaza and you know, to give more time to get these hostages out. And then he answered yes when they asked him that. And then now Biden's team in response is saying, well, the president was far away. He didn't hear the full question. To him, the question sounded like, would you like to see more hostages released? He wasn't commenting on anything else, according to a White House spokesperson. Meanwhile, there in Israel on the ground, the war hasn't started on the ground officially yet. In Gaza, as Hamas fighters and Israel forces did, however, engage in some limited clashes inside Gaza over the weekend as the uh, Israeli military continued their airstrikes on Gaza. This is ahead of that larger expected military operation on the ground in Gaza that still hasn't commenced yet. Hamas claimed its fighters had destroyed two Israeli military bulldozers and a tank. The IDF did confirm its forces had been operating inside Gaza during this uh, encounter and they said an IDF tank struck militants who had fired on its troops and a new axis of evil in an interview over the weekend Mitch McConnell the highest ranking Senate Republican talked about the massive debt but made an interesting comment he said we have sometimes you have to deal with realities on the ground and spend for that he said it's an emergency that we step up and deal with this axis of evil China, Russia, and Iran because it's an immediate threat to the United States. President Bush had popularized that phrase when he labeled 
Iran, Iraq, and North Korea as the axis of evil. You can keep up to date with everything going on uh, with the Israeli war with Hamas over at CBNnews.com. And Billy, this is interesting that McConnell would use that language, the axis of evil, and then invoke China, Russia, and Iran. Yeah, I mean, these prophecy experts out there have got to be, like, just <laughs> beside themselves because these are the countries that for so long they've been talking about, you know, especially, obviously, Russia, even China in the mix there. And, and we know that when you go back to Ezekiel, you see that Persia is listed as one of the countries that, you know, will eventually purportedly um, invade, you know, um, Israel. So there's so much there, but it definitely makes your eyebrow raise a little bit. Yeah, indeed. It, it sure does. And um, we're going to... Of course, keep an eye on everything going on with Israel, with Hamas and the latest. We're waiting for this ground war and they keep kind of keeping us on our toes. We're all standing by wondering when the larger operation is going to begin. But the skirmishes have happened now. And so there are some operations going on. And again, you can stay tuned to the latest at CBN News YouTube channel as well. Chuck Holton's on the ground there. He's over the weekend providing live updates regularly. And of course, our team with Chris Mitchell in Israel there also giving daily updates as well. So don't don't miss any a, a minute of, of what's going on over there um, on the CBN News YouTube channel. All right, we're going to head over to the focus story now. And as I mentioned at the top, Democrats and Republicans, where do they stand on Israel and Palestine, Israel and Hamas? Well, there's some shocking stats that really provide some eye-opening context to what's going on there. So what, what are the numbers here, Billy? Yeah, I mean, if, if you go back to March, and I think it's important to do that because that's before this crisis really obviously kicked up, and you look at Gallup, Gallup put out a survey when they asked Democrats, Republicans, and Independents where they stood, as you said, both on, both on Israel and Palestine. And you know, Democrats, and this is where I think the, the focus of this research was because it, it's so shocking, they were found to be more sympathetic to Palestine than Israel. So mm -hmm. when you ask them, you know, which which you know, country, which area are you more sympathetic to? There was an 11 point shift. Um, so when you looked at those numbers, 49% of Democrats said they were more sympathetic to Palestine. Just 38% said they had more of an affinity toward Israel. That is remarkable. And we had not seen those numbers before. So again, this was back in March. And at the same time, the percentages sympathizing more with the Israelis, 38%, and with those not favoring Assad were 13%. Those had dipped to new lows. So not only had a larger share been more sympathetic suddenly to Palestine, the shares that weren't sure or that were supportive of Israel had gone to new lows. And so when you take those numbers, though, and you start to say, okay, the Democrats in March, they were more sympathetic to Palestine. What about the others? Independents, they expressed a new high for sympathies directed toward Palestine, but it was still, so even though they had a new high, it was only 32%, 49% still expressed more support for Israel. And on the Republican side, and this probably isn't that big of a shock, 78% were more sympathetic to Israel with just 11% being more sympathetic to uh, Palestine. So these, these are interesting numbers leading up to what we see happening right now, especially among the Democrats who have shifted more toward Palestine. Yeah, it's certainly interesting indeed. You'd think, you know, that these numbers would be shifting in the opposite direction given everything going on. What are, what are some of the new surveys saying, though? Yeah, well, that's where it gets interesting. And the reason I said the March data is important is because it provides a backdrop, right? When, when an event like this happens, yeah. there's 
emotion and it shifts the numbers. So there are a number of surveys that are out right now showing different numbers than what we saw in March. Generation Lab um, found that 67%, and this is this is interesting, this is college students, two and four year college students, because we've seen a lot of these protests on TV, we've seen the chaos on college campuses, yeah. we've seen professors saying crazy things, but 67% of two and four year college students believe that the attack that happened at the hands of Hamas um, was was essentially terrorism. Mm. Just 12% see it as justified, and 21% view it as something other than resistance or terror. The takeaway there is that even though we're seeing that chaos on college campuses, almost 7 out of 10 college students believe that Israel was attacked and that it was an act of terror. So that should maybe put some people's minds at ease that it's not 67% justifying um, this. But when you get into the when you get into those numbers about Israel and Palestine and Democrats and Republicans more specifically, um, Quinnipiac found that just 13% of registered voters said they had more sympathy for Palestine than Israel right now and 61% selected Israel. In that same poll, 48% of Democratic voters were more sympathetic to Israel with just 22 to Palestine. So that has inverted right now. That yeah. those numbers we saw in March the Democrat Democrats in this country are more sympathetic right now to Israel in the wake of this. Well, and that's what you'd expect, right? I mean, you'd hope as you see them deal with one of the worst terrorist attacks in modern history, watching all the evil that unfolded there, as we talked about on the podcast, the timing seemed insensitive at best and just horrible at worst that people's knee-jerk reaction on these campuses was to, we need to go and make this big stand for Palestine. And it just didn't strike the right tone when you consider what had happened. It sure seemed like a lot of people, and there were people out there, we saw multiple clips of them celebrating, not not just confused, right, about what happened, but actually celebrating, hey, great job. There was one here in Philadelphia where I live, uh, a viral clip talking about that. Somebody saying, great job by Hamas. And so no confusion there, but you'd hope that the numbers would shift in the, in the direction that you're talking about. Why do you think it's important to track all this, Billy? Yeah, I mean, this is important because it gives a backdrop. So even though you're seeing right now that 48% of Democratic voters are, are handing their sympathies to Israel, um, and, and that has inverted, those March numbers matter because when the emotion has hit, people are shifting. But the reality is, before there was a war in March, you had a situation where there were many more Democrats who were saying, no, we sympathize with Palestine. And that has major implications for who's elected, um, you know, what platforms will tell us about how they're going to handle Israel and Palestine. Yeah. And really when the emotion fades here, and this is where the big thing is, how are people going to settle in on these numbers? The reality is they're probably going to settle back more to where they were in, in March. Yeah, it does have those implications, as you said. And look, Israel's depending on help from the outside. They are a tiny nation about the size of New Jersey, and you have a lot of hostile nations surrounding them chief among them, Iran, who clearly wants to do harm to Israel and had a hand in what was going on on October 7th and in the days to come. I mean, we talk about uh, the, the growing humanitarian crisis. You see the media talking about all the time. They're running out of food. They're running out of water. Well, they don't seem to be running out of rockets. Those seem to keep flying in from Gaza into Israel, despite everything that's going on. So it's certainly... Uh, a situation that's really difficult and here in America watching the sympathies you know we'd obviously hope that they would lean towards Israel as you had mentioned there but uh, we know where uh, some of these 
some of these partisan politics ended up landing us on, on the spectrum. But appreciate you breaking down those numbers for us, Billy. We're going to head over to the main thing now. And there's a concerning trend on social media. Maybe you've seen this a little bit where individuals, a lot of Gen Zers, they're kind of dogging the institution of marriage and then glamorizing the single lifestyle in sort of a really bombastic sort of way and in a brash way, just trashing marriage. Well, Madison Seals talked to Aldo Badazzoni about what's behind this shift and why it's important to also highlight the positives of marriage in today's culture and why a healthy marriage is mutually beneficial. That's today's main thing. Well, there's a lot of trends on social media that are hard to keep up with. We tend to think of silly dance routines or popular TV shows or even certain diets or meal ideas, but it's important to also recognize some of the deeper trends at play on social media that influence our worldview, especially the worldview of our youngest, youngest generation or Generation Z. So, Aldo, I want to ask you about a social media trend that you highlighted in an article recently that's titled A Disturbing Gen Z Social Media Trend That Threatens America's Most Important Institution. What trend are you talking about here? I'm talking about the trend of really denigrating marriage. Every time I open Twitter or Instagram or TikTok, I was seeing people uh, just talk really badly about the institution of marriage very blanketly, um, promoting divorce, talking about all the benefits of staying single, uh, talking about all the drawbacks of being married and speaking about it in a way that really painted women as, you know, these these sort of like indentured servants um, of the modern era. And so I, I really found it disturbing that our young folk and, you know, my peers, my generation was being fed this. And I, I wanted to talk about it and see if other people felt the same way. Yeah, one of the videos was posted by a model and actress. I don't I don't really know who she is. I'm not familiar with her, but Emily Redikowski, I think is how you say her name. She put divorce in a positive light while saying that she's tried that quote marriage fantasy and it's not all that. What were some of the other negative messages about marriage that are going around? There was this one Canadian comedian that was saying, "Don't tell women that getting married and having kids is, you know, the greatest achievement that they will have." Um, there was this one TikTok that went very viral that ended up people discovered that it was a Chinese video, Chinese propaganda that was aimed at American kids to make them view marriage as bad. But it showed this mm. woman putting on a ring and, you know, visions of being a housewife and slaving away and cooking and cleaning, flashing before her eyes, you know, as if we don't have to cook and clean being single. And that was kind of the trend that I saw is that Anytime uh, marriage was mentioned, it showed all of the, the sacrifices that you need to give, or it showed maybe all of the things that young people could perceive as a, as a negative. And um, I think in all of these trends, like with the Emily Ratajkowski person, you know, she had a bad experience with marriage. But just because some people have a bad experience with marriage doesn't mean the institution uh, isn't, worth, isn't worth it. And it doesn't mean that we can't promote the good parts of, of marriage to other people. And also for Emily, you know, why can't she tell people, hey, it didn't work out for me, but this is why it can be good. And this is how it could have worked. And I really just find it sad that it's it's very blanket, uh, the, the statements that are being uh, messaged towards us. 
Right. Yeah. And Elda, you say that social media in our culture perpetuates these unrealistic expectations, as we just talked about. And these videos reflect a bigger shift in societal attitudes towards marriage. Why is this view of marriage so damaging? And what does the data show about the impact that this mindset has had on marriage in the U.S.? Well, marriage is on a steady decline, unfortunately. But, you know, what I really think this is a reflection of, uh, you know, I talk about the the drawbacks that everybody has to make in life, right? It's all about priorities. Um, Mm -hmm. If you get married, you're going to be putting more time into your marriage, into your spouse, into your kids. And that necessarily means that you won't have as much time for other things. Um, And unfortunately, a lot of these trends, you see women, in most cases, women foregoing marriage to do what? It's not to do all these amazing things. It's to, you know, go to these concerts, as I talk about. This one woman came out with a viral TikTok that she I'm not married and this gives me the ability to drink and to watch reality TV. Um, And I just said, so seeing that it really is a reflection of the values that Gen Z has, right? They they don't, Mm -hmm. they don't really care about having this long-term monogamous relationship. Um, And I think that's maybe a programming that we have from this, this very uh, self-serve and very quick to pleasure us society with, you know, the Netflix and the social media and our Uber Eats us, everything that is in our society, it's very quick serve. And I think this is affecting marriage because if you can't understand the, the you know, the benefits and uh, of, of long term things, then I, I don't think that it's going to set people up for desiring marriage. Yeah. Yeah. And you made a good point about looking at what these influencers are doing in the spare time that they now have now that they're not in a relationship or marriage and asking questions like, is their free time productive or positive or is it spent slamming an institution that's foundational to a healthy family and society? And you started to get into this a little bit about kind of what's at the core of this trend and why so many Gen Z people are latching onto it. And it really does seem to be about this self-consumed society that's just obsessed with self and doing what makes you feel good and looking out for number one. It, it really does seem to be this selfish mindset that's behind this trend. Yeah, I think so. And the thing that we need to be telling people about marriage is, listen, life is long right? Life is very long. And when you are down and out, and when you don't have anyone to pick you up when you're at your lowest, you're going to need somebody that is there for you to pick you back up just as you're going to pick somebody else up. You know, this, this is really what it's all about. And that's where you're going to find a lot of fulfillment. And that's why I also talk about, you know, I think a lot of people nowadays, they date for these kind of these quick, um, you know, these quick self-serving things like their interests. Right. If, if me and this other guy or this other girl like the same TV show or we like the same hobbies, then we can be in a relationship. But I think my generation is, is finding out slowly, unfortunately, that these interests isn't what holds a marriage together. It's not what holds a long term monogamous, happy relationship together. It's values. Right. And many times it's faith. And so I really do think this is all tied to faith specifically. It's I think it's tied to our departure from God. Um, because when you don't have something outside of yourself to tether you to to somebody else, I think that's where breakdown happens. And when we do have God and when people put, you know, their both of their priorities in God and then they share that love together, that's when I think, you know, you can be with somebody when you're at your lowest to have God to pick you up and to have somebody else to pick you up beside you. And I think if we start prioritizing God again, start filling the pews, start getting people back in church again, then I think relationships will be better. Marriages will be better. 
And as you know, marriages and families are the backbone of any of any society. And when we do that, I think society as a whole will get better. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for highlighting the positives of marriage, too, because we should be doing that with everything. There's positives and negatives. And, you know, if we're not discussing it in a balanced way, then it's just not productive. And I also just want to note that we aren't saying that everyone needs to prioritize marriage over singleness. But I think one of the points here is don't let people who are coming out of a bad divorce or somebody who is not married convince you to give up marriage forever. We can talk about the trade-offs and something positive without completely casting it off as unnecessary or even repressive. In fact, like you were saying, it's important to talk about the difficulties of and the biblical design for marriage so people are prepared when they enter into one. And it often involves learning life skills that benefit you in any relationship, not just marriage. But that goes very contrary to what society values today, which is looking out for number one. And instead, as you were talking about, marriage and any relationship involves self-sacrifice and compassion and loyalty and responsibility, so many other qualities that make any relationship more strong and more mutually beneficial for everybody involved. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, as, as same, the same as people maybe don't go into marriage for the wrong reasons, I've, I've also seen people go into marriage for the wrong reasons. You know, they, they jump into this relationship and they jump into the commitment of marriage um, as a way to expedite their maturing process because they think, oh, now that I'm married, it'll give me this societal status. It will force me to mature. It'll force me to uh, jump into this next phase of my life when I'm really not prepared for it. So I think you're right. It's, we're not saying, and I'm not certainly not saying that marriage is for everybody, but I am saying that if you choose either to get married or to not get married, you should be making them for the right reasons. And we need to be giving people the full picture, not just these statements, denigrating marriage, talking about how bad it is, uh, and really warping the perception of what a healthy marriage looks like for the next generation. Absolutely. Well, Aldo, thank you for highlighting this new trend for us today and also sharing what a good marriage could look like. I really appreciate that. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. All right. Thanks for that conversation, Madison. And look, marriage, Billy, we've seen the numbers and you've covered it many times, the numbers on what a healthy marriage do and all the all the other areas it helps you and it's it's really remarkable well it's also interesting that other countries would want to would want to undermine that in america yeah. what does that tell you right yeah. um that it, it's an essential institution we know that it's a, a spiritual institution so uh pretty interesting stuff it certainly is and appreciate madison bringing that one to the podcast today we're gonna have time here on this episode for one last thing yeah, this is Psalm 145:18. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. And it just reminds us to be clinging to truth and looking to him and that when we feel alone or scared or that we're struggling, as long as we're doing that, he's going to be near to us when we call on him. Amen. Couldn't agree with that more, of course. And uh Billy, hey Billy, I hope your voice gets better here or this congestion or whatever you're dealing with you tell there's something going prayers on there appreciated. yeah prayers appreciated for <laughs> billy absolutely all right uh, and the triumvirate should be back uh, tomorrow tomorrow's episode as always stay on over at cbnnews.com and faithwire.com for more news from a christian perspective lord willing and that creek don't rise see you tomorrow <laughs>